Welcome into this week's edition of the Colin Coaches Show. We hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving and thanks for tuning in this week. Joining me now is head football coach Glenn Davis. Coach, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. And Coach, let me be the first one to congratulate you on the MACCC South Coach of the Year Award after just a stellar stellar season and just a, a great output from your guys the whole year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you have to have good good players and and really good coaches to get those honors, and it's, it's just as much theirs as it is mine. Also want to mention we had 19 spots on the All-MACC South list this year between the first team, second team, and honorable mention. 18 players, 19 spots. Uh, Wolves also had the South Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year and Johnny Daniels and Billy Pullen. But, Coach, we'll get, uh, we'll get back to the, to the final game of the, the 2023 kind of regular postseason. You, we know we've got one left. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. But, uh, unfortunately, you go over on the, uh, the conference championship, the MACCC championship, you go over to Scuba, have to play a team you played at the start of the year, and you came up just a little bit short fell 27 to 20 and I think what many people would call it an instant classic just like the start of the year just talk about how you felt about the game well I thought it was a game that you know we played uh, good in spurts and uh, you know there was uh, some plays there that I obviously wish we'd had back and plays that we uh, didn't make during the game that we had been making all year and and uh, you know you know regardless you know really proud of how hard the kids played and and uh, you know sometimes you know winning and losing you know it's, it's just a a little bit sometimes, and that's you know we just kind of came up on the short end. Coach, obviously, we'll talk about our impact players like we always do, and every week we talk about him. It's it's Devon Todd. It starts with him, and uh, he was 11 of 22 for 150 yards through the year. Had one touchdown, had t 10 rushes and 29 yards, and I felt like he did a, a really good job of just taking care of the ball and being as efficient as he as he could be throughout most of the game. Yeah, I mean Devon, you know, he played hurt. He was banged up in the game. He had an abdomen or you know strain in the stomach and. Sometimes when in certain directions he'd throw, you could tell it was kind of affected him a little bit. The ball would come out high. and uh, But, you know, other than that, he competed his tail off, and, you know, that's something he's done all year long. And, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at without him. And, uh, you know, uh, you know like, like I say, you know, we, he, I know he'd love to have played a little better, completed a few more passes and, and uh, those kind of things. But, uh, you know, proud of how hard he competed. And coach, obviously, you're the next one. Uh, this is another guy we've talked about all year, Johnny Daniels. Just another superb game. Didn't find the end zone in the on the ground attack for the first time in about four weeks, but he was your leading rusher and receiver. Had 22 carries for 135 yards on the ground. Did find the uh, end zone through the air where he had three receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Just talk about Johnny and his performance. You know, it kind of felt like throughout that game there were a couple, two or three times, maybe more, where you know just an inch more on a missed tackle and he would have broken several for touchdowns. It really was. I mean, he was really close. And, you know, if we had stayed on a block a little longer here or there or if we just run through an arm tackle or, uh, you know, he, you know, he played really well. And, and uh, you know, he's another one that, you know, uh, week in, week out has gotten better as the season's gone on. And then, uh, you know, he, he played really well for us. Another running back that we've talked sporadically about through this year, but I feel like he's he's really showing people what he's going to be capable of, you know, going into this last game and even into the future. Trey Miner, uh, six carries, 45 yards, but it felt like every carry of his was, was huge. He also had the touchdown, got the scoring started for you. Talk about the play of Trey for the whole game. Yeah, I mean, Trey's played well. I mean, he's gotten better and better, and, and uh, you know, I think he'll tell you there's things that, you know, uh, about college football have – have opened his eyes up some and in, in things that he's had to learn to do that he hadn't been uh, uh, maybe expected to do in high school. And, and uh, you know, we're tickled death trays here. And, and uh, like I say, he's, he's played well and he played uh, played really good the other night and give Johnny a blow here and there and made some big runs on some first down carries. And, uh, you know, like I say, we, 
were tickled to death how hard he played too. Defense had a, had another solid game. Unfortunately, gave up two long passes at the end. We'll talk about those a little bit later. But as a unit, defense had three tackles for loss, two sacks, and an interception. And Deidre Hicks led the way. He had six tackles. Um, and, I, you know, another guy that really stood out on the defense was Caden Deuce. Caden had three tackles but had a huge interception that really kind of stopped some momentum there. Just talk about the way both of them played. Yeah, I mean, both of those guys are, you know, effort guys and, and – uh, you know, Diedrich has gotten better and better, and Cage played well. And uh, you know, this um, you know it was a you know big game defensively. And like I say, those two plays, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of plays and games that uh, uh, as you go back and look, you, you know, you can't say one you know won or lost the game here or there. And usually, there's there's more than one game that could have possibly tilted the game you know, earlier in the game, you know, we could have had plays. I think another important player for you was Brandon Gillum. Gillum, two field goals, two extra points, had a really good night punting, a good day punting the ball, had two punts, go within the 20-yard line. It was really solid in the kickoff game as well, too. Yeah, I mean, Brandon's done well all year. He's been really consistent. And, you know, we were, we were glad he came to co-win. So we'll get to the scoring summary. And, you know, you got off to a little bit, you don't want to say slow start, but, you know, it, it, it kind of seemed like both teams were really kind of filling each other out. And, you, unfortunately, near the end of the first quarter, Wolves get on the board first. It's Trey Minor with that six-yard rush. Capped off a 14-place 91-yard drive, and you're up 7 to nothing with 18 seconds left. So you know kind of going into the at, – at the end of the first quarter, you're going to be up by a touchdown. Talk about, you know, that play and just kind of how it kind of helped – you know, seize momentum at that point. Well, the, the big thing to start the game, the win was uh, was you know mighty big uh, uh, factor in the game uh, going toward there away from their scoreboard, and uh, so you know we took the win early, and, and you know we were able to get up, and uh, you know probably was another drive there where we had a chance to get some points, that, you know we just didn't uh, convert on third down, uh, but you know the. First quarter, you know, it, you know, being up 7-0, you know, that's kind of where we wanted to be. We'd love to have been more, but, you know, we were ahead. And then in the second quarter, you go up early. Uh, this is where Caden Dukes intercepted the ball, set up a drive, and it ends with a 22-yard field goal out of Brandon. I think you had maybe an offsides penalty or something like that to kind of stalled out the drive deep into the territory. But you're up 10 to nothing with 10-15 left, and you're really feeling like you're really cooking. Everything's really going your way uh, with a 10 to nothing lead after that drive. Talk about how you're feeling with, with that kind yeah, of a lead. I, mean, I thought we, you know, we had controlled the game and, and uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, like I say, the field goals are great. You know, and to, to win big ball games like that, you've got to score touchdowns, and that, that's probably the difference in the game. And then East Miss kicks back-to-back -back field goals on back-to-back -back possessions to end at the half. You're up 10-6 to six at halftime. What's the message going into the halftime with guys? You know, you know you've got 30 more minutes, and these guys are not going to back down. But what's the message you give to the players? Well, we just, you know, we hadn't played our best half, and, uh, you know, we, we could go out and execute. And the, we had uh, pretty much had done that in every ball game this year. We'd played better in the second half. And, and uh, um, you know, and it was just one of those things, you know, at the end of the game, we kind of ran out of time. And, you know, the third quarter, it's really much like the first quarter, back and forth, and neither offense really being able to find their groove. Defense is really stepping up. Unfortunately, this is where East Miss took the lead on a rushing touchdown. Nine seconds left in the third quarter. They're up 13-10. to 10, But I think one thing you'd love to see is the fact that guys did respond. Next drive ends up ultimately with a field goal, 33-yard field goal. It's tied 13-13 with 12-23 left. And it really feels at this point we might be headed towards a similar finish to what we saw at the start of the year. Well, I think that's kind of the way it was. You know, it was a one-possession game. And, and uh, uh, you know, when you know we get the ball back, you know, with a minute something to go, and, or taking the ball down the field and have a chance to tie it. And, 
but it, there's so many opportunities in the game. The third quarter wasn't a great third quarter for us. You know, we had three straight three and outs, and and some of that was the the win uh, playing a factor in that. And then as as the day goes on, there the sun gets lower, and we had a couple balls that we had thrown to receivers, and they lost in the sun, and uh, you know just. Part of those things at home field, you know, you kind of learn to throw the ball toward their bleachers and uh, things that you'll remember down the road. And then in the fourth quarter, it's tied again, 13 to 13. East Smith takes the lead with a 42-yard pass, but again, you see the guys just not give up. You go down and you score. Devon hits Johnny Daniels on just a little seven-yard uh, touchdown completion that ties it at 20 to 20 with 2:26 left. And again, very similar. You're pretty much in the same spot you were. At the start of the year, they have the ball, and you need a stop to maybe see if you can force a game-winning touchdown. And unfortunately, they get a 79-yard touchdown pass, but you still have a minute and a half left. You know, knowing that you have a minute and a half left, and and knowing you've had some success in the drive before, how do you feel going into that last drive? Yeah, I mean, it felt good. I mean, that's the thing I know about our kids is how hard they compete, and you know, it wasn't going to be over with until the you know the final horn went off, and and I think they showed that you know in that drive, and and uh, you know. Uh, you know, Johnny's trying to score, and uh, you know they just made a good play, and uh, you know the, they wound up recovering. Or the officials pointed that direction and recovered. But uh, you know, like I say, the kids played hard, and, and uh, you know they get, never gave up, and, and uh, you know can't say enough good things about them from that perspective. And as coach just alluded to, last drive ends unfortunately in a fumble on a pass completion from Devon to Johnny, kid from East Smith just got behind Johnny and, and punched the ball out, and unfortunately they recovered, and they were able to seal that win. But overall, you finish 9-2. and two, You get a share of the MACC South Division Championship. Coach, just your thoughts about the overall season as we head into this final game that we're going to talk about soon. Well, I mean, the you know, the kids played, and, you know, that you know, a lot of credit goes to them about how hard and, um, you know, the you know everybody – you know, you, you win the games you have to win down the stretch in the South Division to, you know, actually win the tiebreaker uh, uh, to be the South Division champ. And, and uh, you know, it's it was, you know, this this group of sophomores has done a lot for the program and, and uh, you know, tickled, you know, the guys that made commitments to come back after, you know, they could have went on somewhere else and, and gave us, a, you know, a few guys that were third-year guys, and even some of the guys were sophomores had opportunities, and they decided to come back because they thought, you know, felt like there was more uh, out there for them here, and and really proud of them for that. And coach, obviously, as we've alluded to, uh, you're not done just yet. You've got one more game left. We did get an invite to a, a bowl game. We're going to the Champs Heart of Texas Bowl over in Commerce, Texas. That'll be this upcoming Saturday at noon. We're going to face off against a team that uh, I, know, I would speculate a lot of Mississippi folks may not know about them. They probably know the name, but may not know much about them. That's Navarro College, the Bulldogs out of Navarro. What can you tell us about that group, and uh, what should we expect Saturday? Well, I mean, they, they've uh, had a great year. Uh, they got beat in their playoffs over there, and, and – uh, um, I think they finished six and four, but uh, they won like five out of the last six games to kind of get them, get themselves in the playoffs. Kind of like uh, our situation uh, of having a win down the stretch, and uh, you know they're an air raid offense and they're a three three stack defensive team, and uh, you know their their rosters is bigger than ours, so they're gonna have a lot more guys standing over there on the sideline than our guys than we will. So uh, you know they're. Uh, you know, the perception of them having more depth because of their numbers, you know, that's something that's been talked about already. And, and uh, you know, I think the thing that uh, you'll see out of our guys is that they'll go play their hearts out and, 
And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we have as, as good a chance as anybody to go win. I would imagine uh, one person who's going to be real excited about going back to play in Texas is going to be Billy Pullen. Right. Uh, you know, I, I haven't got to see him yet, but I, I can imagine when he got that call, he was he was really excited to be able to have some of his folks be able to come and watch him, yeah. watch him in person in his home state. So that will wrap up the football portion of our show. Again, Wolves fell in the MACCC championship, but – We've got one more game this upcoming Saturday. It'll be against Navarro College. I believe Navarro is ranked number 10 in the nation. They'll face off against the number six, Colin Wolves. That'll be the final ranking for Colin. They'll finish sixth in the nation. Highest ranking in uh, quite some time, I do believe, Coach. So, again, just congratulations on a fantastic season, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to uh, honor and kind of reward the guys for such a fantastic season. So, okay. stick Stick with us through this break. We'll have head basketball coach David Sanders come and talk about the men's games against Delgado where they won back before the Thanksgiving break. And then we'll talk about their upcoming games this week as well, too. Welcome back in. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. And join me now as head men's basketball coach, David Sanders. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And, Coach, obviously, we're uh, again, we're going to spin it back a little bit, go back to before Thanksgiving break. Uh, you played against Delgado. You had a little bit of a different feeling to it because you played them at the, the start. Uh, you played them 12 days earlier. Then you go and over to their place and play them. And uh, you, you get another win, and you beat them 87 to 81. Talk about how the guys played in that one. Well, they, um, they uh, I thought we – kind of was real sluggish coming out, you know, with the trip and, you know, everybody pretty much seemed like they were starting to break early. Uh, so we, we didn't play well on defense. I think we, we got the job done, which is always good. But, you know, the guys, we, we were very disappointed with our defensive effort. Now, that doesn't take anything away from Delgado because they're a really good team. And they had some guys out the first time we played them, and those guys were back. And I think Collier Wildman had 24 on us. He had a really good game. And, um, and you know, they really – they give us some trouble. So, you know, we, we have some good things on film that we saw that we need to clean up. And um, it, it just uh, – I like playing um, – a region opponent because it gives us a, a really good look going into uh, conference play. And uh, despite a uh, admittedly slow start and, and not great uh, defensive player, feel like you got off to a little sluggish start. Uh, for the first time all year at halftime, you actually had the lead. You're up 48 to 39 at halftime. Uh, you know, we, we jokingly talked about those first four games. It was a, a constant thing that you were kind of having to come trail from behind at half. You know, what's the message going to the guys at halftime with a lead? You know, something that you haven't had to experience yet, but glad that you finally got to experience it at that point. Well, it was actually, uh, you know, of course, a welcome change for us to have the lead. Um, I, I'm, I'm one of those type of coaches that uh, if we're not playing to the best of our ability, I don't, I don't even worry about the score. You know, it's more so about a feel of how we're playing. And, um, you know, having the lead at, at halftime actually surprised me because I thought we weren't playing very well. But, you know, Delgado came out and scratched back in the, in the second half. And uh, we just had to find a way to grind it out. And uh, luckily, Devin Carter got going down the stretch for us. And uh, Emmanuel James got a couple big offensive rebounds. And, and uh, Ishmael Rashid played big on the glass walls as well. So. And obviously, you get outscored in the second half, 42-39. to 39, But with such a, a large lead at halftime, you know, uh, it felt like the Dolphins just weren't able to to overcome that. Uh, you didn't mention, you know, uh, Devin Carter led all scores, not just the the Wolves, but led all scores with 26 points. Uh, another game where, you know, if you if you looked at his stat line, maybe not the best night shooting wise. He was eight of 24 from the field, but I think what really stands out is he shot 80 percent from the line. He was eight of 10, uh, and that just kind of seems to be a spot where he really just kind of shines. You know, if you look at the last two, I, I, I think against them, he's gone. 19 times, and I think he was 
11 of 13 at here at our place against them and 8 of 10, so 19 for 23. You know, when you're shooting that well from the line against an opponent, you're, you're bound to have some high-scoring nights. But 26 points from Devin really kind of led the way, and you, I think you're really starting to see him really kind of start flour flourishing despite the fact that maybe he's not shooting as well as you'd like him to. Yeah, you know, he hadn't we, – we've been discussing it and trying to find ways to get him going, but he admittedly so hadn't, hadn't had a great start to the season shooting. But he has had a you know great year going to the line. I think he's shooting close to ninety from the line. So um, you know shooting is just one of those things, man. I told him about Clay Thompson's four for sixty-eight slump that he came out of with a sixty-some point game. So you know he just got to keep shooting and keep plugging. He's getting good looks. Um, and I, the one thing I told him that that helps is just staying confident and, and believing in yourself. And um, you know once he gets those looks to fall, we're gonna be pretty hard to beat. And another guy that had another big game you talked about him a second ago was Manuel James. Manuel A, -A man gets his uh, third double double the season, second straight. He had 12 points and 11 rebounds, and I really think you're starting to see him really just kind of understand and grasp things. You know he came in as a freshman. I think you said you know, he's a little bit raw, but we really like what he brings to the table. And I think you're really starting to see that come out in him. Yeah, he's 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 extremely raw and. Um... Me and E-Man had a long conversation, watched some film, and uh, he he actually had one of his worst games, uh, according to him. You know, he just really didn't feel like he had it offensively. He kind of struggled, you know, with his movement on defense. And, um, you know, we just had to clean some things up. But I like I told him, to, to for you to have a game that really wasn't a great game, you still have a double-double is a good sign. So, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he was here on whole Thanksgiving break. He didn't want to go anywhere. And um, he's, he's really works at his craft, so he, you know, he's he's only scratched the surface of his potential, and we're really gonna need him come down the stretch. And there, there were some other guys that really stood out to me. You know, you saw Kaysen Saunders get his first action of the year. I know he had been dealing with a, with a little bit of a banged-up uh, injury on his leg. So he, he scored 11 points, gave you double digits off the bench. Uh, you had Avon Johnson with 10 and 7. He's been flirting with double-doubles all year, it feels like. And then uh, we, we, we saw Ishmael Rashid. Ish hasn't uh, been scoring as well as I, I think you thought he was going to coming in. He had uh, – Seven points, but where he really stood out was on the boards. He led all players with 14 boards. I think those were three guys who were probably real key to the success uh, against Delgado in that game. Yeah, Ish, um, we've been talking to him about his, his one of his greatest attributes is offensive rebound. I think he, he rebounded really well in the glass. Now, he left a few layups out there that would have had him a double-double, uh, but he played really well and he tagged the glass for us, and that's one of the things we've been really talking to him about. Avon is a really solid player. He's a complimentary guy. He shoots the ball well. We're trying to get him to do a little more catch and shoot because he wants to put it on the floor a lot, which is okay. But I think he's one of our better catch and shoot guys, and he's always on the glass rebounding. And um, Kaysen has been one we've really been missing. Kaysen and, and our uh, backup point guard, Will Grayson, the two guys we got back against Delgado, and both of them played major minutes for us. Kaysen uh, probably averaged 17 a game in our preseason stuff. So. He's one that can really shoot the ball. He rebounds well. He's got length, and he can switch out on guard. So he gives us some more versatility back on that back line. So having him back is really big, and um, we're going to need those guys. Anytime you get key players back who just add to your depth, that's always a good thing. And, you know, as, as a team, we've talked about the fact that maybe, you know, as a whole team hasn't always shot as well as you would like them to. But I think in this game you kind of saw them – a little round into more a better form than what we've seen them in the past four games. They shot 42% from the field and 75% from the free throw line. So anytime I think when you're shooting that well and you're playing defense as well as the guys seem to do, it, it, it's definitely a winning combination for basketball. Yeah, I really think that we have not played – I mean, if you want to put on a scale of 1 to 10, we probably played a 4 offensively this year, and we're still averaging almost 80 points a game. So 
I don't think points are going to be our problem. You know, right now we're really focusing on the defensive end because we got a lot of guys that's used to putting the ball in the hole. And, um, you know, one thing about playing basketball, if you play the right way, you'll find points, man. But it's just all about selling out on the defensive end and being a better defensive team. And, um, you know, that's one of the things we're really harping on right now. And, Coach, uh, we'll talk about the ones coming up. You've got five games left till the, the Christmas break. You've got two coming up this week. The first one's going to be – actually, both of yours are going to be at home this week. First one's going to be this upcoming Wednesday. You're going to face off against the Baton Rouge Post-Grad Academy team. And then you've got Southern Shreveport on Friday, December 1st. What are you expecting out of both of those groups? Well, Baton Rouge Post-Grad is one of those teams that really, you know, they go anywhere and play anybody, really athletic young guys. And, um you know, they've, they've already played, I think, Hines, maybe Holmes, a couple other teams. So, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that are really going to give us a good challenge coming in here. And um, in Southern Streetport is somebody we pretty much played every year, and they're, they're in our region as well. And they're just so, so scrappy, so good offensively that, you know, they really give you a good look. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to those two games. And, um, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a tough match, tough match for both games, but I think that um, it's going to give us a chance to uh, – to have some good, some really good looks going into this um, this upcoming uh, conference season. All right, Coach, thanks for joining us. That'll wrap up the men's basketball segment of this week's show. Again, two opportunities to catch the Wolves at home as they'll play Baton Rouge Postgrad Academy on Wednesday, November 30th, and then they'll play Southern Shreveport on Friday, December 1st. Stick with us through the break. Coming up next, we'll have women's head basketball coach Dr. Britta Stevens talking about their games from before the Thanksgiving break and the two they've got coming up this week. Welcome back in. Thanks for sticking with us through this break. And joining me now is our head women's basketball coach, Dr. Britta Stevens. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thank you. And Coach, obviously we're talking about things that happened a couple of weeks ago, so we're having to <laughs> dial it back just a little bit after having the uh, the week off from Thanksgiving and all those kind of things. But we'll go back to, uh, you got to go back to familiar surroundings, got to go back to Southwest and play in the uh, the Southwest Coca-Cola Classic. And uh, you played two games there, went one and one. We'll talk about the first one. First one was back on Monday the 13th. You lost to LSU Eunice. 79 to 58 just uh you know and I know we we talked about it after that game you felt like girls just kind of came out and played a little flat during that one yeah, you know, I think that's the worst game we've played all season. Um, we came out flat. We couldn't score. We had a chance to be up 6-0. We won the tip. We missed a layup. We got a defensive stop. We missed another layup. We got another defensive stop, and we missed a short pull-up, and we could have been up 6-0, and we just couldn't We couldn't finish. And so that that hurt us. You know, I think the 1 o'clock start, that's something that's different. I like playing in the Southwest Tournament because it is two games, and it's close. The 1 o'clock tip is different. We have to get up earlier. We have to shoot earlier. We have to eat earlier. Everything about it is different. And so I think that messed with us a little bit. I told him halftime I said I don't think you were focused and I don't think you were ready you don't miss the first layup of the game if you're focused and ready so that was tough you know coming out and not going having a chance to go up 6-0 and then we can't score and then they score and then we just struggled to score all night we just couldn't I think we shot 28% for the game and it was just atrocious yeah if you look at the box score you trail 19-9 after the the first quarter and 38-24 at half now you did come out and played better in the second half, but we're still outscored 41 to 34 in the second half. So uh, overall, it kind of feels like a game you, you, you know, okay, we didn't play well, just 
flush it and forget it kind of thing. Yeah, and flush it and forget it. Flush it and learn from it. And that's that's when I keep telling Alexis in the office, I'm like, I'd like to play them again. I'd like to get that one back because they are a good team. They are not that much better than we are. That should have been a two or three point game. We should have been nick and, nip and tuck with them. We did play much better in the second half. And that was something at halftime I had to kind of go in there and light them up at halftime and go, y'all, we're not playing well. Up to this point, they had played so hard and so relentless. And I, we didn't have that fight in the first half. And I, again, I don't know, was it because an early day? Did we underestimate? Them, you know, you never know what happens. But when we came back out in the second half, we did have way more fight and we did play a lot better. I did not think we were very good at all defensively the whole day. We didn't shoot it well and we weren't very good defensively, and that's a recipe for disaster. If you're not going to shoot it well, you've got to get defensive stops, and we didn't do either. And that was just a that was kind of our downfall. In and that I, game. I think if you you look at your leading scores, you had Zamaya Brown with nine, and then you had Kayla Howard, Kirsten Haynes, and Lashanti Payne all with eight. So you know, anytime that you have a don't have a player getting in double digits. It's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, but then you bounce back the next day. On Tuesday, you come and play Southern Shreveport. Again, I believe it was at the same time, that 1 p.m. start. And you trailed 15-12 to 12 after the first quarter, but you had a 10-point run to close out the first quarter. I think really kind of sparked everything for you. Yeah, the spark was at the end of that second second quarter. Right before halftime, we had a 10-point spark. And, again, it was defensive. We came out. We changed defenses. We subs. Amaya Brown comes in. She's a great spark for us off the bench. She's able to get steals and help us push the ball out and get some you know easy layups. And that's what happened at the end of that quarter. We got four or five steals in a row, and we got some easy layups. And we go in like up 10 at the half. Again, we struggled to score that night. We didn't – that afternoon, we did not shoot it well. We played a lot better defensively, but we didn't shoot it well. So those sparks off the bench, those steals and those defensive stops and those layups really helped us get yeah. ahead in that game. Had a, a big swing in the second quarter where you outscored Southern Shreveport 22-8, to held the – 11-point lead at halftime, 34-23, to and then outscored them 22-16 in the second half. So uh, probably, I think right now, easily a season low in points allowed in 39. You've got to feel great about how you how well you played defensively throughout that match. Yeah, I do feel good about how well we played defensively. I don't feel good about what was the final, 56-39. to 39. 56 points, it's hard to win games when you only score 56 points. If we can keep people to 39, we can win, but that's the scoring is a concern for me, and that's something we've talked about all along. Defense is going to be the calling card for this team. We're going to have to get stops, and we're going to have to use our defense to generate offense to help us score more points. That's probably the lowest amount of points other than the LSU Eunice game that we've scored all season. I mean, we play Southern Arkansas here and score 90-something points. So, you know, points had not been a struggle for us up until these two games. Defense was a huge part of that game. Jamia Smith, you know, she's a sophomore kid that we talk about a lot. She took three charges and I can't even imagine how many steals and layups that she got in that game. She was kind of our person who really stepped up big in that Southern Shreveport game and gave us that spark to get us over the hump. And your leading scorers in that one were Kayla Howard and Ashanti Fleming, both with 10, uh, both vitally important uh, at, the, at the guard positions. Then you had Kirsten Haynes and Jamia Smith, both with seven. And that's that's kind of, I, I think that's something you've seen all season. It hadn't been just, just one girl that's kind of studying. You know, it's been, oh, one will get 10 here, one will get like Punkin got 31 against uh, right. Southern Oregon, those kind of things. You know, you'll you'll see those familiar names be in the top list, but maybe not the top score. And you see a lot of your girls affecting the games in different ways than just scoring. Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of the strengths of this team is we don't have one particular person who we've got to go to every night. Yes, yeah, so we have two or three core players who we need to be in double figures every night, but we need those two or three to be in double figures, and then we need other kids who are coming off the bench to contribute, and we need to be even. We need to have people, four or five people, with 10, 12, 14 points a night to help us be successful, and I think that can be one of our strengths because you can't – it's very hard to guard – 
it's easy to guard one person. It's very hard to figure out and guard four and five and six people every night. So that in our defense, that's going to be how we win games. And then coming up, you've got uh, three games left. We're going to talk about two of them here coming up this week. Three games left before the break, we should say, before the <laughs> long holiday break. Uh, but Love Juco basketball. <laughs> your next two, you've got uh, you're on the road at Baton Rouge on Tuesday, uh, November 28th, and then you'll come home and you get to host Southern Shreveport. That's going to be a, a doubleheader there. You guys and girls both playing on that one. Y'all have them at 12. Guys will play again at uh, – guys will follow up at 2. But uh, what are you expecting out of the Bears on the road on Tuesday and then coming back home against the, the Jaguars on Friday? Well, you know, I think it's tough. We've been off. We we played Monday and Tuesday. We went home on Thursday. You know, we practiced and stuff. We came back at the end of the week and started practicing. But when you take a week off, you're not in game shape. So that's going to be tough. The conditioning-wise, you know, I've told Coach Holt, we're going to have to probably play more people than we usually play just because of the conditioning. However, Baton Rouge did the same thing. They played. They took some time off. So it's not like they've been playing, playing, playing. It'll be similar for both teams. Traveling on the road is hard. This one's going to be easier than some games on the road because we've played two games at BRCC. We opened our season in their tournament, so they know what their gym looks like. They know what the locker room's like. All those things make a big difference and everything. Um, you know, they're a young team. They're all freshmen. They're very similar to us in the fact that they don't have a lot of game experience and stuff. So I think it'll be a good matchup for us. It should be a good game. I hope we can come out and score. I think if we can come out and score, we should be okay. We've made some adjustments and some tweaks since the last time we played and added a few new things, new wrinkles, so hopefully that will help us win the game. All right. Well, thanks, Coach. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, again, as a reminder for everybody, a lot of action coming up this week as we wrap up the show. It'll start with the Lady Wolves on the road at Baton Rouge on Tuesday. Then we'll come back home with the men playing Baton Rouge Postgrad Academy on Wednesday, November 29th. And then Friday, we'll have the doubleheader basketball game here at home against Southern Shreveport at 12-2. and two. And then we'll end the week with the bowl game for the football team. That'll be the final football game of of the year started all the way back in August and we're still playing in December but uh, it's going to be a great reward for the guys tune in to all of our social media for all the uh, action and reports on all of that stuff and we'll give you all the links for all the social media channels including all of the streams and all of that kind of stuff as always I'm Kevin Kaiser sports information coordinator here at Colin thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week